NBC Weekly. I'm your host, Scott Preros. With me, as always, I have my sports reporter, Jacob Urish. How's it going, Jacob? It's going pretty good. How about yourself? Not too bad. Uh, the long way today has come for a lot of these other teams in the conference. The Redbirds' win streak has come to an end. Uh, 11 in a row uh, end Sunday when they lose by five to Missouri State. Um, tough loss, but I think the way you were talking about it and the way most people are talking about it, there's a lot of positives to take from that loss. I mean, it was your third straight game where I think they were trailing by 14 again at one point in that game. You had it within five, and then you even had a stop, actually, but then Missouri State got the offensive rebound and scored um, to put it back to seven at one point there. But this team has more fight than most teams I've watched in recent memory. The, it, the resilience that they have after falling behind double digits in these last three games to then win by six against Murray State, win by three against Southern, and then you only lose by five to Missouri State. They were pushing back at the end there once again. But the loss stings, but I think in the long run, this this might be good for this team. Yeah, I mean, Coach Gillespie said in the postgame conference, I think this game is going to pay off in the future, which it will. It's going to – I mean – like you said, it, it showed their resilience, and uh, it also is just a good lesson for them in the future. Uh, but, I mean, I think we talked about it before. They just got in foul trouble, which just really hurt them. Uh, uh, the Bears held Crompton to zero points on six shots. for the, Like, that was their first scoreless game of the season. Uh, but Paige Robinson has been amazing, as usual, lately. Uh, over the past seven games, she scored 21 uh, last week. Or, well, this week she was named MVC Newcomer of the Year. She uh, in the past two games averaging 28 points. Uh, but their next stretch is and just going to be is just super tough again. They face you and I and Drake. There's those are going to be two massive games, uh, not just for seeding, but just psychologically going into the tournament. Like those, there's an all likelihood those two teams are they're going to face them. Yeah, at one of one of the two. Yeah. So you and I. Obviously, we've talked about it the past, what, three, four, or five weeks that this is probably the biggest game of the season for the Redbirds. Just So you're coming off of the loss after, now it's even bigger, because you're coming off of a loss that ended your 11-game win streak, and then now you're trying to bounce back after losing to them by whatever, I believe it was six or whatever, at uh, Sefki Arena earlier this year. Um, but this team has so much potential and like you said, the foul trouble just absolutely killed them in that game. Deanna Wilson, I believe we said, played 14 minutes, correct? Um, Kate Bowman was in foul trouble. Deanna Wilson only took three shots, which that's not a recipe for success for the Redbirds right now. But, yeah, you talked about Paige Robinson. I mean, I don't know what else you can say about her at this point this year. She has just been absolutely incredible for this team. It's it's ridiculous, really. I mean, she's scoring from all three levels. She finishes tough shot after tough shot. She, in my opinion, was arguably the sole reason they made that charge there at the end of the game, just because she just started taking over offensively. But obviously, Deshaun Wright-Gassens can't go overlooked either because she put up a heck of a performance in that game. I believe it was 12 points, 9 rebounds, I think is, some, is about what I saw. Is that what I yeah, had was, seen? Was, and then 21 yeah. minutes, I believe, of play. So, I mean, that's a great performance off the bench, and they're going to need that from Tashana because if Deanna Wilson does get into the foul trouble like that, they need somebody to step up down low. And while Tashana might not be quite the post-presence uh, of Deanna Wilson, the defense that she brings and the energy that she brings is a huge help to this team. The defense will be huge, uh, it, but again, it's going to really come down because all year we've talked about how each uh, 
part of this offense complements each other. And if you're just missing that part down low, it just gives offenses yeah, you, you need like, that on the floor. Yeah, and like that that that's a reason that Crompton wasn't able to be as effective, just because like you can key on her more when you don't have to worry about anyone down low. Um, the other thing that was a little worrisome, they had 17 turnovers and they only had five assists. Uh, haven't Grant, seen that in a while. Yeah. Uh, MSU also had 17, uh, 17 turnovers, but I'm pretty sure they finished with 10 assists. Again, it's not that uh, big of a difference, but still it's just something we're not used to seeing. Of course, assists happen when they're made shots, but, uh, ball security was a bit of an issue in that first half for both teams. It was, it was a really slow first half. Um, they picked it up in the second. But uh, overall, how they closed, I, I think there's pride in that. And going on the road, I mean, they're six on, they're six and zero on the road this season. Uh, so they've they've they they have something to prove still. Yeah, definitely. These next two games are gonna be big. You and I tomorrow night, and then uh, Drake Saturday. So a couple big games for the Redbirds. Make sure to keep an eye on those ones. Uh, I think that's it for the Redbirds. We'll uh, shift our attention over to a couple of the other teams in the conference, uh, starting with the UIC Flames coming off of just an absolutely massive win, really, a 64-52 win over Drake, uh, a really dominant second half in which they showed why they're such a scary team because that defense is just it's tough to score against. Drake, I believe, had 26 second-half points in that game. Um, so it was, I believe it was 40-26 to 26 was the second-half score there in favor of the Flames. So... A really big performance from them. So while the Flames might not be scoring a ton at just 56.4 points per game, they only have a minus 1.4 point differential because they're just locking teams down, especially on their home court so far this year. Yeah, nothing's really changed. Like Their, their defense has been incredible. Uh, I think uh, six times they've allowed over 60 points in conference games. Granted, they've only scored over 60 points twice. So... Yeah, their offense is lacking. They have Jaden McLeod averaging almost 13 a game, six rebounds, and they have uh, Josie Filer who's averaging 11 and uh, six rebounds as well. Uh, but their defense has been amazing. They're on a five-game win streak right now. Uh, yeah, it's – again, it's one of those teams that you just don't want to play even though offensively you, you're not going to expect much. But on that defensive end, you're going to get everything from them every, every single game clearly. Yeah, and what's interesting about a team like this is – while Josie Filer is leading the team in scoring, it's a really balanced attack. So when you have a team like this, it sometimes makes it tougher to guard them. I mean, yes, like we talked about, their offense isn't great, but sometimes you don't know who to key on. And a lot of these other teams, like the Redbirds, you key on Paige Robinson as a guard. You obviously don't want Mary Crompton shooting threes. But, like, the Flames, they don't really – Josie Filer, like I said, is their leading scorer, but it's harder to just focus on her because these other people can chip away at your defense. And like we said – they force turnovers. They're just an incredible defensive team, and it's it's a scary team that I don't think anybody's gonna play it on gonna want to play it on the stretch because they're up to six and eight in uh, conference play here, and uh, come hoops in the heartland, they might they might spoil someone's season. Uh, that's it for the Flames. We'll move on to the team who's now actually tied for the Redbirds among the top seed in the Missouri Valley Conference, the UNI Panthers. Um, they're just. The way they're playing lately, this entire month, has been really solid, and they're a scary team. And I think the Redbirds, they know what they're walking into here in uh, Cedar Falls on tomorrow night. But the Panthers, they, they know how to beat the Redbirds. We saw that early January, but this is a much different Redbird team that they're going to be playing. So it's going to be interesting, very interesting, to see how this game plays out, in my opinion. Yeah, over their past three games, they, they've really been on a heater. They've scored over 80 points, or... 
Uh, no, on the five-game win streak, they've scored over uh, 80 points three times. My yeah. bad. Uh, yeah, after ISU, they face Bradley, so that's a little gimme after uh, this tough one. Uh, they're only, in their past four games, they're only giving up 51 points a game. They held Drake to 47 points. Uh, granted, they only scored 49, so it's just a low-scoring affair for two teams that you would not expect that from. Um, they've got the best turnover margin. They have the best assist-to-turnover ratio in the MVC. So right now they're they're definitely feeling themselves, and I mean tomorrow's a great opportunity for them to establish themselves as uh, the best team in the MVC. Yeah, definitely one of the best post guard duos in the conference, probably in my opinion, with uh, McDermott and Buffelli there uh, combining to over thirty points a game there. Um, Gillespie's talked about uh, Grace Buffelli quite a bit. She's a tough guard. Um, while she might not spread the floor a whole lot, she has made nine threes on the year. Uh, she's just She's a tough guard in the post, a 55% uh, field goal shooting. Um, if you follow her, she's not a great free throw shooter, but regardless, I mean, 16 points and 8.7 rebounds is just a really solid stat line. I think that's going to be the player to look out for because the last time ISU played a post player who was dynamic like this and was able to take over games uh, was Caitlin Young in that Murray State game. We saw how that went. So it's going to be interesting to see if the Redbirds are able to to slow down Buffelli like they did with Caitlin Young, and if Deanna Wilson can uh, uh, stay out of foul trouble. But if you get Deanna Wilson in foul trouble, I think the Panthers, they know how to take advantage of this game plan that the Redbirds have going for them, and this is a really good team. It's They're a scary team who uh, I wouldn't, I mean, it might be early to say this, but I think you could easily make an argument that the winner of this game might take the top seed in the conference. I mean, there's still five more games each after this, but this is the game that I think a lot of people have on their radars right now. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, moving on from the uh, Panthers, we're going to move on to the other team in uh, Iowa, the Drake Bulldogs, another really strong team there coming off of that tough loss to UIC like we talked about earlier. But another high-scoring offensive team, uh, 77.5 points per game on the entire season, only allowing 65.2, um, led by Maggie Bear with just under 16 points per game. But they have five players averaging double digits, which is, you don't see that often in today's game. Well, they lost one of them uh, back in, I believe, late December, Megan Meyer. Uh, she yeah. was averaging almost 13 a game. Which she hurts. Tore ACL. Yeah, it hurts tremendously. Uh, Kate Denebear has done a pretty good job of filling in. She uh, averaging nine points, 5.6 assists, which is first in the NBC, and then two steals a game. Grace Berg's averaging 12.5 a game. And then uh, Sarah Beth Goldner is averaging 10. Uh, but that uh, loss to USC really hurts. I mean, they shot one for 20 from three and 13 of 23 from the free throw line. So an easily winnable game. Uh, they've uh, Their upcoming schedule is the reverse of uh, UNI. They face Bradley, then they get to face ISU. Um, I mean, their defense has been uh, pretty good in the past five games, holding teams to uh, 56 points per game, so a little bit better than their season average. They are six and four in their last ten, uh, so they've they've dipped a little bit. But again, that the Megan Meyer uh, injury is uh, huge for them. Uh, they're shooting almost twenty nine percent from three, which is eleventh in the VC. So their the shooting just hasn't been good. I mean, you can look at that UIC game as an example for that. But uh, again, when you have a player like Maggie Bear, and then you've uh, a playmaker like Kate Denebear, like this team is going to be. In the mix, I mean, I think what, right now they're fifth. Fifth, and they're two games back, so. Yeah, they, they still have a little bit room to make up, but it's, it's another team that 
you just don't want to face. Yeah, this is a really critical stretch for them because, like I said, they're two games back and everyone wants that Thursday bye. Right now they're not in that uh, area. They're, Belmont is currently the four seed, and then uh, Missouri State's tied with them. They're both 11-3. and three. So Drake is going to be – they're going to make this push here. And like we said, they're a really good team, but they do have a tough schedule. I mean, you still have Illinois State to play, a really good Murray State team, Belmont and Missouri State. So – I mean, it's not going to be easy for them, but I think this team has what it takes to make that push, and it's going to be really – this top five-ish in the conference, yeah, I'd say the top five. It's going to be really interesting Interesting to see. And, I mean, um, after uh, this game Thursday tomorrow between Illinois State and UNI, there could very potentially be a three-way tie for second place in the conference, which is just going to be really interesting to watch down the stretch here. Uh, the last team we don't talk about for the women's basketball side, uh, the Evansville Purple Aces. Um, Evansville's had an up-and-down season. They've had games where they just haven't looked great, to say the least. Uh, I think that Illinois State game in Illinois State uh, is one of those examples. I mean, you lost by 32 to the Redbirds, but then they've bounced back uh, five days later to beat Murray State by eight. Um, they have a couple, like I said, they have a couple really bad losses really but they also have some solid wins and they obviously have the players capable of winning these games but sometimes it's just it's not going together the way they probably hoped it's it's not they're on a four-game losing streak and just to be blunt it's not been pretty uh they've been giving up 85 points per game in that stretch they've uh, lost by an average of 30 points they face drake ut martin belmont and murray state so like no easy tasks right there to end the season, they close out with UIC, Valparaiso, Missouri State, SIU, and ISU, and then Bradley. So, just a brutal, like, granted, most, most of these teams are going to have brutal uh, ends to their schedule. But, yeah, they've, they started out, what, 5-4, and four, I believe? I believe so. Yeah, it's not been great since. Uh, they average the fourth most turnovers, and then VC, they're ninth in points per game and ninth in uh, points per game allowed. So it's just not been a good stretch for them. Uh, you still have Abby Fight, which is great, but I believe she might. I don't. I don't remember if she's gonna play next year or not. I think she is. It's up, yeah. But uh, yeah, I. I don't know. They're they're kind of below that cluster that you have at the top. Uh, I mean, what is it? It's five teams, and then there's that drop off with UIC. Granted. With UIC and UIC's defense, like I think that's one thing that you can like hold on to. Yeah. I don't know with Evansville that one thing that you can count on because their defense and their offense just hasn't been there, especially of late. The third worst defense, fifth worst offense, so not great looking for them right now. But like you said, Abby Fight, I mean, she's a really good player. She can win you a lot of games down the stretch, but they're going to have to figure something out on both sides of the ball. I mean, 72 points per game just isn't going to cut it in this league, and they're going to need to find a way to turn that around here down the stretch because this is do-or-die time really in the conference uh, with just about, like I said, six games, I think, for every team left. So it'll be interesting to see how these uh, final few weeks pan out in the NBC. A lot of action going on. I think that top five is going to look look like a lot of fun here down the stretch. I think that's it for women's basketball. Uh, the last thing we do want to talk about, the ISU men's basketball team. Um, just a really tough stretch of play right now. Coming off of a, a loss to Valparaiso that sealed a season sweep for the Beacons. Um, granted, I will say Ryan Peden looked genuinely... He, he was a little surprising. He didn't seem as upset as I thought he might be because I believe that's... 
three in a row now, um, heading to this Murray State game later tonight. But you only lost by five. You could have folded. You could have caved a lot of times in that second half on Valparaiso's court. But, I mean, I just don't really know what to say about this team at this point. I think I think a lot of times we've said it's a, it's a new-look team. we got to give them time and everything like that. But now is the we're hitting a stretch where they only have four more regular season games left. It's really, like I said with uh, the Purple Aces on the other side, do or die time. you got to figure some stuff out if you want to make it past Thursday in the MVC tournament. Yeah, they've just really struggled to win games on the road. Like, a lot of those games have been close. Uh, they're 1-7 in seven away games. This game really stings just because, I mean, isn't Valparaiso, I believe, right there with, yeah, they're right, yeah. yeah they actually, actually dropped the 10th in the conference yeah. with that loss because Valpo has the sweep. I mean, Burford showed out again with 17 points and 5 assists. Seneca Knight had 20 points and 4 steals. Great. They shot 9 of 30 from 3, which isn't great. They haven't shot great from 3 recently, which yeah. hurts them. Uh, I mean, they close the year with Murray State, Indiana State, Drake, and Evansville. That's that's just really tough. Uh, Valparaiso closes with UIC, uh, Bradley, and then Murray State. So both they both have one game in there that is winnable. The other two are are going to be tough. Yes. Uh, so I mean, it's going to be a close race. Granted, uh, I mean, what are the buys? Is it top, they, top four? Okay, yeah. So the top four is going to be really interesting. I think in the NBC as well, or in the men's side of the bracket as well. Oh um, yeah, because there's what one game separates. Most of the in most of the case, yeah, I gotta look at this 100. percent But I know Drake and Bradley are tied, so just keep an eye on that game for uh, February 26th. That's gonna be um, it's gonna be something to behold, I think, in this uh, in the conference because I'm fairly confident the conference is gonna come down to that game, or at least the regular season title. But then, like I said, you have Southern, who's half a game back, and then you have Belmont and Indiana State, who are a game back. So you have a game between first and fifth two games between first and sixth. So, I mean, I, this conference is really up for grabs. I think you have to admit Drake and Bradley are probably the favorites right now. That last game is going to be the deciding factor, obviously. But uh, they have uh, Illinois State. Oh, it's because Valparaiso played last night. Okay, yeah. I was going to say Illinois, they have Illinois State listed ahead of Valparaiso, but um, when if Illinois State loses tonight, they'll fall below. If they win, great. You all but secure, really, that nine seed so then they'll play at noon it'll look like on thursday and they'll play either you and i or murray state probably it's looking like still a lot of pieces to fall into place but it seemed like peden was happy with the way the team fought which is good and he said that he was pretty happy that there's starting to be some vocal leaders within the team that are starting to pop out but it's just it's hard when they don't really have the player who We've talked about this over and over again, who can just take over the game. I mean, Seneca Knight has had his moments. Darius Burford's had his moments. But then the teams lock in, and then you have to be knocking down your shots. When the Redbirds aren't making their threes, it's harder for them to win games. Obviously, that's how every team is. But uh, I think that's it for ISU. Anything else from you, Jacob? I think I'm good. All right, so they have a big game tonight. Like I said, they play uh, Murray State tonight at Seth Q Arena. Uh, make sure to... Get out to that game. If you can't make it, uh, follow along on our Twitter accounts at the underscore vedette and at video underscore sports.